Welcome to Gross Anatomy. Hi, Lauren Taylor. Hi, Dr. Cohen. How are you? Okay, are we live? We are live with Gross Anatomy Podcast. And you are Lauren Taylor, and I'm Dr. Jason Cohen, and here we are. Here we are. So well, what are we doing today, Lauren Taylor? We had talked before about, you know, things we do mentally. So it kind of has to do a little bit with mental health, maybe. We're kind of uh-huh. stretching it this episode on how this pertains to medicine. I like stretching things. I do, too. So I wanted mm. to do one on the surprising origins of common superstitions. Oh, I like that. We've That's talked about fun. a few. I know you do a few. I do a few. So right. Go ahead and comment when I bring up one that you might relate to. Okay, okay let's hear it. <laughs> this is one. Uh, it's bad luck to open an umbrella indoors. Yes. Yeah. Everybody knows. That's like totally universal. Do you think that's like worldwide, that superstition? I do. Well, I found out it came from umbrellas used to be fashioned out of papyrus and they were only reserved for Egyptian royalty um, in tribute to the Egyptian goddess of the sky. So anyone else who dared besides royalty to step into the shadowy space was considered sacrilegious. Um, uh, yeah. And that's, it, yeah. And that's why it is interesting. Well, yeah. Supposedly during Egyptian times, opening an umbrella indoors went against its natural purpose and could consequentially be considered an insult to the God of the sun. But there are other people who think that the Egyptian umbrella looks actually nothing like the common day umbrella. So they think that superstition actually has to do with like 18th century London, like more in Victorian small home times when I think you mentioned this before. Umbrellas can be dangerous because they have those metal spokes. They can be dangerous. So apparently so there's some historians that think it comes from then when people were trying to um, mess with their umbrellas indoors and it was causing like family arguments, mean things to be said. So it just became an unlucky thing to do. Could mm. cause strife. I thought the fear is you're just going to poke someone in the eye, you know, if you're indoors. Well, maybe that did happen in 18th century London, and then people just made it um, unlucky. And there you go. Very nice. That's a a good one. We did talk about the dangers of umbrellas before. You know what's funny? I, as a younger, as a youngster, I had this pathetic thing that I couldn't carry shopping bags and I couldn't carry an umbrella. Because it wasn't manly, as pathetic as that sounds. I refused to carry a shopping bag and I refused to copy to, to copy to carry a shopping bag and I refused to carry an umbrella because I didn't think it was manly. And it was so pathetic that like if I was with my mother and we had a shopping bag, I wouldn't hold it for her. I feel so bad now because it wasn't manly and the woman had to carry the shopping bag. As pathetic as that sounds. Now I love carrying a shopping bag um, and even an umbrella, although you don't really need an umbrella that much in L.A. I know um, now that I'm in the D.C. area, it rains a lot and I still don't carry an umbrella just because I'm so used to living in L.A. I'm always like, I don't need it. But yeah, exactly. I used to in college. I was I, I always had a poncho. I was upstate New York for college and I always had those like dispose, not disposable, but like really cheap. They would come in this like tight plastic wrapped thing. Uh, and it was like a plastic poncho. I love my ponchos for the rain. I would walk around in my hooded poncho. I was known as the poncho guy. <laughs> ponchos remind me of like Disney World. I think that's the only time I wore them when I was like little. 
Um, where I'm sure you paid like uh, four times the amount at Disney World to get a poncho. I don't know about that. You ever go to Niagara Falls? No. Should I? They give you ponchos at Niagara Falls to to go on the thing. I remember getting ponchos for Niagara Falls back as a kid. That's fun. So you think as a kid, if you would have known that umbrellas might come from Egyptian nobility, that you would think differently about using one? Oh, yeah, very <laughs> good question. Nobody knows. It's a mystery. Nobody knows. Nobody knows about the child you. No. The child psyche you. I had a lot of problems and I probably still have them. Oh, you're good. Um, Thank you. The other one that's still, I feel like, I assume it's prevalent everywhere. It's bad luck to walk under a leaning ladder. Do you know yeah. what that stems from? Um, no, I don't. But go ahead and tell me. Well, a lot of this is Egypt. But apparently really? 5,000 years ago in ancient Egypt, a ladder leaning against a wall forms a triangle. And Egyptians regarded the shape as sacred, you know, via the pyramid. Like pyramid. Right. So to them, triangles represented the trinity of the gods. And to pass through a triangle was to desecrate them. And then I also read that it's um, in Christianity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The number three is sacred by extension, too. So then it mm. moved into Christianity. But, but why wouldn't it be like a good thing to walk under them to like be like spiritual and, and have God's spirit with you? I mean, I agree. But it says that walking under the ladder was considered breaking the trinity and blessings. Uh, and again it's for me it's more about the safety thing like people would be scared if you're walking under the ladder maybe it's going to fall and hit you in the head for me it's all yeah. about the injury thing well and for me as wanting to entertain our gross anatomy listeners and pertain to gross anatomy it would have been cool if it was a gory story that that came from yes but 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 alas it is not <laughs> but alas <laughs> no one got severely injured that i read about all right, this one, a broken mirror gives you seven years of bad luck. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to the Romans. The mm. ancient Romans believed that people's health changed in seven-year cycles and that mirrors contain fragments of our souls. So breaking a mirror signified a break in someone's health and well-being. Luckily, they believed your soul regenerated every seven years. So that's why wow. I, don't, I don't understand why they, how they came up with the seven years, but that's what they used to believe. Hmm. Interesting. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So that one's in Romans. And this one they say is the most in the United States. This is the most the superstition that's believed the most. Can I guess? Yeah. Cats, a black cat. No, that's on the list. It's the knocking on wood. Oh, knocking on wood. Yeah, I know that. So that I know. I know. I know what it is. I, at least I think I do. And it's interesting that Jews, everybody does it, not just not just Catholics, Christians, but Jews do it too. It's supposedly knocking on Christ's cross is supposedly what it is. You correct? nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Good pun. Yes. They say they're not necessarily sure, but that might have to do with the crucifix and the knocking on. Yes, exactly. But I don't know. But I don't know exactly what that means other than knocking. on. Like, what does it mean to knock on the cross? Like, is I, I don't get that. It's like. I don't know. Ancient religious rite of touching a crucifix when taking an oath. So ah, okay. they said, alternatively, it could be because ignorant peasants in Europe had a habit of knocking loudly to keep out evil spirits. Mm. So it could be one or the other, but you, you yeah. got it. Yeah. But the interesting thing to me is that Jews do it all the time too, but you wouldn't think a Jew would be knocking on Christ's cross. You know, it's an interesting thing. 
Yeah. And I wonder how many Jews who do it know that that's what they're referring to. It'd be an interesting statistic or poll to take. How did you know that? You just know it? I'm just smart. You are smart. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. So I do these superstitious things or don't do these superstitious things. Like I don't walk under a ladder. There's no reason for it. I don't know why I'm doing it. Or no, not me neither. It. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll knock on the cross. I'll knock on wood plenty. Um, and that's probably how I know it. Probably someone once told me, you know, you're knocking on Christ, you know, cross. <laughs> I'll be like, okay. All right, good. Yeah. I'll take I'll take whatever luck I could get from from whichever yeah. god will give me good fortune. Me I don't I think mine might have to do with a little bit of OCD. I don't know if like you're more OCD or more superstitious. I don't look into that, but it's a thought. Mm. Mm. But you're not OCD, so. A Maybe. little bit. When you spill salt, this is the next one. When you spill salt, um toss them over your left shoulder to avoid bad luck. Right. What happens if you throw it over your right shoulder? I don't know, but I remember my grandma was like insistent about that. So, mm. And well, why is it your left as opposed to your right? That's a good question. Let's see. I don't know. It's just that spilling salt has been considered unlucky for thousands of years because it was salt was meant as like a high praise. Like if you had salt salaries. So it so it doesn't have to do with um, Lot from the Bible, his wife who turned into a pillar of salt. Who's that? No, explain. I don't know. Maybe I didn't get enough research for this one. I don't know. I I may just be making it up. I have no idea. Well, there's also there's a someone says take a close look at Leonardo da Vinci's famous painting, The Last Supper. Judas Iscariot, um, the unlucky thirteenth guest at Jesus's dinner, is to bit depicted knocking salt over on the table with his elbow. And because Judas portrayed Jesus, the salt he knocked over started getting associated with his misdeeds. So mm. I don't Yeah. But apparently, yeah, I don't know why it's the left shoulder, but it's been going on with the Sumerians for thousands of years. The superstition ultimately reflects how many people prized and still prize salt as a seasoning for food. That's all it says. Cool. All right. So another one leading to Judas. The number 13 is unlucky. So obviously it has a little bit to do with Judas, but the fear of the number 13 known as Triskaidekaphobia has its origin. <laughs> Triskaidekaphobia has uh-huh. its origin in Norse, Norwegian mythology. In a well-known tale, 12 gods were invited to dine at Valhalla, a magnificent banquet hall um, where the city of gods. But Loki, who isn't he in those movies? Doesn't the Thor. Yeah, he's Thor's brother. So I don't know if this has to do with that story, but Loki, the god of strife and evil, crashed the party, raising the number of attendees to 13. So apparently, from that tale, other guys, other gods tried to kick Loki out, and in the struggle that ensued, Baldur, the favorite among them, was killed. So they've always considered it unlucky. It's amazing how how much the number 13 is considered unlucky like buildings don't have a 13th floor that's true so it's yeah it's gone on since norwegian mythology i guess i yeah. yeah but but what's interesting in judaism speaking of religion and things 13 is actually a lucky number because that's the number that a boy is bar mitzvah that's right that's the, that's the age that a boy comes of age and becomes a man is number 13 so yeah, it's do. actually not bad luck in, in Judaism. They really just still don't do that in buildings, which is crazy. 
I know it's pretty amazing. There's no 13th floor in buildings. Wow. All right. Yeah. I guess that one's going to just, uh, may, I bet that's just an American thing. Don't you think? I wonder, I'm not sure. That's like, a good for question. Some reason it didn't start in America, but that's something we just don't do. I don't know. Maybe we got to find out. All right. I'll look into it. Um, hang a horseshoe on your door for good luck. Have you heard of this? Not, not really. No clue. Belief in its magical powers traces back to the Greeks, who thought the element iron had the ability to ward off evil. They also thought the crescent moon was a symbol of fertility and good fortune. Mm. So, and then when the fear of witches was rampant, people attached horseshoes open end up to the sides of their houses and doors. Um, people thought witches feared horses and that they would shy away from them. You never really see a witch riding a horse. True, I know. I never, I don't think you see, yeah, in which movies there aren't horses and there's not both. They, yeah, they typically don't have witches riding horses. <laughs> yeah, unless it's like the Salem witch trial times. Right. Like, but they weren't really witches. So no. um, this one you had mentioned, a black cat crossing your path is unlucky. It's the last one. So basically people thought cats were the devil. It's pretty simple. And they're mm. or tried to exterminate them all. And I remember that, like hearing about the Black Death pandemic. You know, there were rats carrying diseases, but they thought there was cats. So they killed all the cats. They made the problem worse. Ah, we used to have a black cat. My very first cat was a black one. Toby. Toby the black cat. Toby's a cute name. Yeah, How and he was a cute cat. Cats good now? Uh, we have two cats now. And they're free roaming cats? Why are you smiling like that? Are they bad cats? No, they're they're good cats. But one, unfortunately, has gotten out this past week and he hasn't returned. <gasps> Oh no, Dr. Cohen. Yeah. Yeah. Does he usually return every night? Well, they they haven't they hadn't been out in like a year and one of them figured out how to open the door and every now and then he would kind of wander the house a little bit, but we'd find them and bring them back, but the other night the door was open, he was gone and we'd yet to find him. So I don't know. I posted an ad. We've hunted the neighborhood. Um, We're still cautiously optimistic, but I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully he's found like some cool new home somewhere. But yeah, um, yeah, that's Thumper, the one eyed cat. So that's the one that was injured before. Yeah, he's he's had a lot of. Yeah. So hopefully he's found some other one eyed cats and he's hanging out with some one eyed cool cats. But who knows? And hopefully the cats have nine lives thing is true for him. Right. Um, other things. I, yeah, I don't know. I, maybe he's really lucky. He's hopefully a lucky cat. I only know cats are not the devil, but apparently at the peak with the cats, they were associated with witches. That It was even brought back to America during the Salem witch trials. Those girls had cats and that's why they got, you know. I don't know. I know in a lot of TV shows and movies, witches turn back and forth from cats. Right. Right. I think, uh, I think so. Yeah. No, that's true. I was going to ask you if you have, if like bewitched, is it bewitched or I dream of, yeah, bewitched or I dream of genie. I don't remember which one from the seventies and early eighties they would turn into cats, the witches, you know, they would, they would travel around as cats. seems like it makes more sense on Bewitched, but I never saw it either. So it's hard to say. 
I don't remember. I don't totally remember. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense bewitched as opposed to a genie. Do you have a favorite witch movie? Like, I know they just came out with Hocus Pocus 2. That is so not on my list of movies to see. <laughs> Me either. Yeah. A favorite witch movie. Wow. Favorite witch movie. Do you have one? I think Practical Magic is one I can think of with um, Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Yeah. I like like rom-com, really. Yeah, I I like that movie. Got a little scary and dark, but I I did like that movie. Yeah. So I don't know what the most popular witch movie would be. Probably The Wizard of Oz, right? Oh, yeah, that's one. But what's the movie where... It's a bunch of teenage girls. The craft. That was really popular. That was kind of spooky too. Yeah, that was dark. Yeah. Mm, that was that was an interesting witch movie also. Oh, Harry Potter. That's got a lot of witches in it. It's probably uh, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess and that's what I was thinking of initially. That's probably my favorite witch movie now that you mention it. <laughs> All right. Well, what's do you have a favorite Halloween movie or a favorite movie about cats? What do you? What else you got for us in the what it's, to watch segment of this? Definitely show? not cats. Cats is definitely <laughs> not my favorite movie. about cats. Did you ever watch that movie? That got so panned. I never watched. I never it. wound up seeing it. Although I'd like to see it just for interest's sake, but but mm-hmm. I don't really want to see it. Um, favorite Halloween movie? Uh, I well, as you know, you and I hate scary movies. So so it's there's really there's a lot of scary Halloween movies, but I cannot watch one even though i think i've seen a bit of many of them i don't know do you have a favorite halloween movie yeah i like the not scary ones i like ghostbusters is that considered a halloween movie i think so like because they always play that song who are you gonna call yeah ghostbusters that is a great movie i um the first one was great did you see the most recent one with paul rudd i did i didn't i mean it was okay it was okay. I agree. Was there just like there's like those like New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day movies? Did they ever do a Halloween themed rom com? I don't think so. No, but that seems ripe for someone to do for sure. There you go. We could do that. That could be our movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Tim Burton movies are interesting too. That's a that's good. So yeah, like yeah. the Nightmare Before Christmas is actually about Halloween. So that could be one right. of the ones too. Yeah, and I don't know if I've seen it. No? I don't know. It's like a musical. I think you'd like it. Really? Mm. I'm not sure. I don't know. It's hard to say. Speaking of movies, we saw Blonde. Did you see Blonde? No, but please tell me in our audience about that because I asked one of my friends to watch it because I didn't know if I could handle it, and she hasn't watched it yet. I want her to tell me if if I'd like it. You could handle it in terms of handling it. Would you like it? I'd like to get your thoughts. I I liked parts of it. I liked certain relationships the main character had. I liked her as an actress. But on a whole, it's interesting. I recently was talking to a patient who said she loved that movie. And I I can't say that I loved the movie. It was interesting, intriguing, disturbing, good performances. Um I don't know. Is it about like the trauma of Marilyn Monroe? Yeah, it's about Marilyn Monroe, kind of like the same way that Jackie Kennedy movie, Mm. that movie Jackie, kind of in a similar vein, like just showing. I mean, she did a great job. She was great. 
Um, but it was just disturbing and sad. And, and so that's why I don't know if I can watch it. I'm like, do I want to watch a woman being, you know, going through trauma for two hours? I don't know. Right. The beginning was terrible. Like when I see, yeah, when I go to a movie, I want to be entertained and uplifted. And this, this doesn't do that at all. But it does seem like a movie, like I should see for some reason. So you think yeah, you should, you should see it? it for some reason. Yeah, I think you should bite the bullet and see it. Do you think it's? I also wonder, like when people die, I guess it's easier, obviously, to take liberties with their life. But do you think that's right? Like I feel like does it take a lot of liberties with like nobody actually knows? Nobody exactly knows. It felt. Yeah, it feels like some liberties were taken, but it's really hard to say for sure. Um, but I'm sure a lot of it was maybe even under exaggerated, you know, so uh, it's hard to say for sure. I mean, it certainly was dramatic and thematic and all that, you know, and and it's a movie, but uh, it made it seem like her entire life was sad and depressing. And I really hope that wasn't the case for her. I hope she had some happiness and, and joy in her life. And it it made it seem like it almost made it seem like she had very little or just very brief periods of happiness and joy is kind of the way the movie was portrayed. But who knows? Nobody yeah. knows. How old was she when she died? Like 40? Either late 30s or early 40s, I think. But I don't totally remember. So she had such a short life, I guess. Short Probably. life, yeah. Maybe 36. Am I making that up? I yeah, don't know. That sounds right, too. Yeah. Troublesome, though. Not, not, not a fun movie. You watch that with, like, your fam? I watched it just with the wife, with Bernice. Um, I did like she had this relationship, and I don't know how real or true it was, um, with supposedly Charlie Chaplin's son and Edward G. Robinson's son. And those were that was my favorite part of the movie, is is that part. And I, I kind of like Adrian Brody portrayed um, Arthur Miller. And I like that. I liked a little bit of that. Okay. I mean, he yeah. is a good actor, yeah. He's good. I, I liked a little bit of that. I'm blanking on his name who portrayed uh, Joe DiMaggio. I I didn't love that part as much. Um, and you know the actor. Uh, yeah, let me look. Is it Bobby Cannavale? Is that who it oh, is? Oh, yeah. Bobby Cannavale, yeah. Yeah. I like him, but I, I didn't love I didn't love that part. I didn't love that part. Well, was he supposed to be abusive or something? A little bit. Or just very frigid and rigid and maybe a little bit but it's and a little clueless almost too but maybe he was i don't know right yeah i mean obviously filmmakers take liberties and writers have to take some liberties so and there you go get it you know what's interesting i tend to always put myself on call i hope my wife and kids don't listen to this i tend to always put myself on call deliberately over halloween because it's not one of my favorite holidays and I'd rather be working than trick or treating and doing those things. So um, hopefully, uh, honey, uh, <laughs> it's not true. I, I, it's an accident. My, my partners put me on, and I beg not to be put on call for Halloween. Now it's true. I always volunteer to be on call for Halloween because it's not something I want to be doing. What about you? I mean, I think. In our new house, we get a lot of trick-or-treaters, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think we're just going to hang out with some neighbors. Not, well, I mean, we're not going to a party or dressing up or anything. It's not my yeah. favorite holiday. Yeah, it, although I do enjoy kids coming to the house in costume. 
Yes, that's the best part. Is but usually I live where places where no kids seem to come. So hopefully, it's yeah. cool kid costumes this year. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And there you go. And there you go. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for everyone. Thanks for everyone. Thanks everyone for listening to Gross Anatomy Podcast. And tune in. Give us feedback. Write to us. Email us. DM us. Do all that good stuff. And tell Lauren to move back to California. All these things. (laughs) All those things. Thanks, everybody. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine. Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.